This is the 343 Podcast. I'm your host, John Pronich. Welcome to the show. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the 343 Podcast. This is the latest installment of Two Minutes Uninterrupted. On these short episodes, coaches are given two minutes to discuss their coaching philosophy and any ideas about the game that they feel like touching on. And after that, we talk about the topics that they brought up and we try to extract at least one gold nugget that you can leave with. The guest on this episode is Keyshawn Cordier. So a big thank you to Keyshawn for coming on the show. As far as I know, Keyshawn doesn't have a Twitter or spend much time on social media, and I salute him for that. But if you want to connect with him, you can just Google his name and you can find links to some of the clubs and some of the other work that he mentions in this episode. Magnus FC being one of those. Uh, Instead of dragging on, I'm not going to mention all of them, but you can just Google his name and you can find some links to connect with him. Uh, I'll spell it out for you. His name is Keyshawn Cordier. It's K-E-I-S-H-A-W-N. Last name, C-O-R-D-I-E-R, Keyshawn Cordier. All right, so you can Google his name if you want to connect with him. And if you enjoy this episode and if you enjoy these all of these short episodes that I'm calling Two Minutes Uninterrupted and you are looking for ways to continue uh, learning from 343, well, you should check out the powerful and proven coaching education program that is available. And we call that our three, four, three premium coaching membership program. It's a powerful and proven program that has been successfully implemented by coaches of all levels, including the development Academy, high school and college, not to mention some other places I've seen it used AYSO, uh, club, just regular club soccer. And it's even been used. The material has been used at the professional level as well. David Copeland Smith, the founder of beast mode soccer is in his sixth year as a three, four, three member. He said, and I quote, honestly, it's worth 10 times the yearly membership. You're not investing in the drills. You're investing in your education, a proven methodology and a phenomenal community of progressive coaches End quote. The premium membership gives you 24-7 access to video lessons, ebooks, and audio recordings that help you learn the 343 philosophy and the 343 methodology. You can learn more about the benefits of becoming a 343 premium coaching member by visiting 343coaching.com. All right, that's it. Uh, I hope you are ready for this uh, episode or this installment of Two Minutes Uninterrupted with Keyshawn Cordier. All right, so here is uh, two minutes uninterrupted from Keyshawn Cordier. All right, go for it. Okay, so kind of the, the philosophy that uh, I've developed over the last um, probably decade of coaching youth athletics has been one of putting the, the player ahead of the team results, and that's kicked around a lot in, in uh, Southern California um, coaching circles, but no one really kind of sticks to that idea. And what I mean by that is that um, primarily the model for, for club coaching is that um, you want to win and you want to play well. That's the utmost priority. That's the top of the pyramid. The second priority is you want to win and you may not play well, but as long as you win, then you're pretty happy with the result. And then the final part of the pyramid is you play poorly and you lose. 
And all we do as a club and as an organization is we flip the top two peers. We just say, listen, we want to win and we want to play well. Now, if we lose, then we don't mind if we lose as long as we're playing well. So that would be the second category. Now, if we, if we win and play poorly, then that will be the third category. And then finally, the bottom of the pair is to lose and play, play, um, play poorly. The, the biggest difference is that, is that you end up putting the player first instead of the team result first. So, for instance, you may have uh, a keeper that's very athletic. He's 12 years old, and, and he can play different parts of the field, but he's, if you take him out of the goalkeeping position, then you'll probably lose the game. But for his development as a player – you don't know if he's going to end up being a keeper when he's 17, 18 years old, but he's a very good all-around soccer player. So you put him on the field half the game. 30 seconds. So you may lose the match in that process that you're developing that kid. So you put the player individual result ahead of the team's result in that case. And so that's kind of what we try to do. We always try to look for what's the best modality for teaching the players inside of the team concept. And that's something that doesn't really happen on a club level in general, when it comes down to it, a state cup or a tournament, five seconds. Most, most people are definitely trying to put it where they'll sacrifice the um, the results, or they won't sacrifice the results to develop the player. All right, cool. Uh, I let you go about ten seconds over. You're the first person I almost had to cut off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All good though. Uh, let, let me uh, let me learn a little bit about you first before before we. Um, discuss uh, the topic you decided to talk about because I, I, I wrote down a lot of notes as you were talking and I think this is good okay. stuff. Um, so you, you kind of hinted at you're from Southern California, uh, but but tell me a little bit about where you're from, what ages you're, you're coaching and, and a little bit about your coaching background. Um, well, yeah, I am from Southern California. Um, I've coached collegiately at uh, one of the UCs for the past uh, nearly a decade. I've coached co- um, college soccer and uh, club soccer for about uh, a decade, uh, respectively. Um, I've um, kind of grew up in SoCal my whole life. Um, I went to a local university in the area, and um, soccer's just been my um, my passion for, the, for a while. And I've just seen, um, even from when I was young, as a young coach, that um, coaching was referred to uh, to me by a foreigner. He was told that, he told me that in the United States, it's not coaching, it's babysitting. And that always stuck with me. And that was about a decade ago I was told that. And I was like, you know what? That's true because when I was developing as a player and um, when I played in the USL, there was no way I could be a good player training twice a week. It just it wouldn't happen. It would be like going to school for twice a week. I mean, what kind of grades are you going to get? So it kind of was a little bit disturbing. Every single year, I would have these player evaluations with the kids and the parents and I would tell the parents, I wouldn't be able to look the parents in the face and tell them that their kid had gotten better. And if their kid did get better, it's because they did private lessons with me or they did something on the side, which means they had to put more time into it. And so um, through that whole process, we just said, hey, we got to start a different club with a different mentality. And so that was kind of the genesis of the club that we started, Magnus Football Club, just saying, listen, we're going to put the player first. And we didn't always look, get our head up and be proud of saying, listen, every single month, every single year, we didn't have a player evaluation and say, look, your kid has gotten better at this and at this and at that. And the only reason, way we were able to do it is to put time invested into the, into the player. So we train, you know, instead of training twice a week, they'll train anywhere from three to five times a week. So we'll put the time in and, and the focus obviously is on the player's development. Look, even in the game and in the practice, it's, it doesn't change. We don't train one way in practice and then, 
and then uh, completely, you know, sacrifice that in the game. Um, we're pretty true to that um, to that philosophy. So um, what's resulted is we, we're very proud of kind of like uh, the kids that we're able to, to develop. We're we're a real a really actual teaching club, and so that's kind of kind of how the the genesis of it started in my coaching philosophy background. What was what was the name of the club again? Magnus Football Club. Magnus, just Magnus, Magnus like the yeah, way and I'm, the name. What's that? I'm just trying to think of how to spell it. like Magnus is the way I'm thinking of it, yeah, like the Latin, Nordic way. It's, uh, yeah, it's a, it's Latin for M A G N U S. It just okay. means great or greatness, and we kind of wanted to take on that moniker of saying, listen. You know, don't be an average player. Put the time in and be a great player. You know, invest in yourself. And and you know, it has brought brought meaning as as far as you know how we apply the apply the um, the word and the name of the club and that sort of thing. But that's cool. But yeah, uh, that's how it works. Let me let me let me um, pick apart what you decided to talk about in the opening two minutes because I like how you kind of gave like the scale of like win, play good, um, win, play poorly, lose, play poorly. Like then there's kind of like the, that you know, that scale that you can kind of grade your team's performance right. on. And I think a lot of, a lot of coaches do use that. And and then you started to talk about, um, Oh, I can't remember exactly what you said, but it prompted me to write down something. The, uh, the, the opposite of how I normally say it. So what I normally say is winning is the best, uh, your best tool for recruiting players. So if you want to recruit the best players, you obviously have to win. Uh, to attract them to your to your team, that's one of the best recruiting tools. But the way you started to talk about that that scale, you kind of said that you flipped it, and so I flipped the way that I normally say that. So I said, losing is the best recruiting tool for the club next door to you, because if you're losing, uh-huh. players are going to be constantly looking for other options. So, but what what I guess you ultimately brought up is that there is um, there is a need to to judge your own or critique your own program based on your, your results and how you are playing. So not just the winning, not just the losing, but actually how you are playing, uh, coupled with the results. So, um, th- that, that's kind of like what, what I took from your, from your first two minutes. And I want to give you a chance to kind of react what I just, what I just said based on uh, right, my reaction. Yeah. So there's, yeah, there's this, there's this dichotomy in club soccer where, you know, you're like, if I, if I sacrifice, uh, you know, the, the, the short term results to get the victory, I may sacrifice losing a player or two, you know, and maybe one of the difference makers on my team to a, um, a club that is winning. And so part of the thing that we do at the club is we educate the parents. So it's all about what your goal is. And if your goal is a long-term goal and you have a process goal where you're like, listen, we're going to put you guys in a, in a situation where we're going to challenge your child every single practice and every single game. We're going to challenge them to do things that they're uncomfortable with, to play in positions that they're uncomfortable playing. And the the, uh, the long term goal is to get them into a college environment where they can where they're good enough to be recruited. You know, and that comes from my background as being a college coach. Is that we would get players in that couldn't do basic things. Uh, we would get, for instance, we would get defenders in that didn't know the basics of pressure cover defending in a two v one situation. And you're like, how did you go 18 years of playing club soccer and not know the basics of team defending? And the reason, the answer is simple. They were just very athletic and, you know, they didn't have to learn that. The coach didn't have to invest time in them to learn that. Now, some coaches do, but on a whole, it was very disappointing to have to go through that cycle every single year where they didn't know these basic things. And so if the parents are educated and the kids are educated, that whole process of like, oh, I'm going to lose my player here, or I'm going to lose my player, that thing is mitigated. It's not completely eliminated, but most of the time the parents understand 
when you give them the big goal of like, okay, don't judge us off the, the wins and losses because if you do, you're not going to be happy in the short term. Judge us off of every time you look at your kid, is my child doing something that they never did before? Are they playing in a way that I've never seen them play before a month or two months earlier? And if you can always say that uh, is a yes, then you're in the right club. If we're not doing that, then we'll help you find a new club. But that's kind of our grading scale and what we, what we kind of uh, put our own selves to uh, our, the bar. That's how we kind of set the bar for ourselves. That's cool, man. Um, another thing that I that I wrote down as you were talking, I don't know if I got it word for word, but I think that you should definitely, when you listen back to this, you should go back and, and trademark this because it's an important, uh, I think it's an important uh, statement is that you, you mentioned that if you're only going to school twice a week, how good are your grades going to be? And, and people don't yeah. pe- people don't um, think about soccer or sports in general or any hobby for that for that matter. They, they don't think about it like that. Like if you're if you want your kid to play piano and your kid only practices piano on Mondays, it's like, well, how, how good is your is your kid going to be at piano compared to the kid that practices piano Monday through Friday? So exactly. um, I, I do think that's an important idea for coaches to kind of sit and and let that marinate. Um in, in their brains and and I'm glad that you brought that up. Um Keyshawn, where where can people find more about uh Magnus and, and where can they where can they connect with you if they if they want to connect and, and continue the discussion? Yeah, I mean uh, our clubs um you can go to magnusfc.us. Um our club site is uh, right there. All my contact information is there. Um, and like I said, I enjoy uh, communicating um, with, with uh, different uh, coaches and parents. It's almost like it feels like you're a little bit of a voice in the wilderness. And so I enjoy being able to talk about it. And so, um, I mean, the version that I talked to you about was a kind of a short version because I have this conversation with parents every year with new parents because they don't understand the process. They're usually coming from a, a different type of background. So it's something that we're kind of very well versed in and, yeah, I would be open to discussion with anybody. 100%, man. And, and before I let you go, I, I want to address a problem that I've experienced as a podcaster, and I'm, and I'm using this as a, as a as a platform to, to <laughs> as a pedestal right now to, to speak while having the phone, so I'm sorry about that. But um, one thing that I've experienced as a podcaster that's been really difficult for me is that I reach out to a, a very, very high number of female coaches, and a lot of female coaches are reluctant to come on the podcast. And, and so I think, I, I think our connection was through a female coach that I'd reached out to yes. and, and she referred me to you. And so right. a lot of times people will tell me that I don't interview enough females and it's like, well, I'm trying, <laughs> I'm really yeah, trying. Yeah. And, and, and I don't know what the reason is or, 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 or anything, but it just seems like, um, from my experience of reaching out, they either don't respond number one, um, or, or they refer me to another male coach and, and I don't, I don't necessarily know why that is, but, um, but yeah, that was, that was the reason why we got connected, which I'm super happy we did. Uh, but yeah. I would like to, if you, maybe if you can, uh, if you can take this conversation and show it to her and maybe, maybe nudge her to, uh, to yeah. come back and have this conversation with me too. I would love that, man. I would really love to talk to her. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They, it's definitely, if you talk to, uh, female coaches, they have a, a, a definitely a different perspective on it. Yep. Because you know, uh, it's obvious because they're coming from a, a different, um, a different background, a different, a different uh, culture. Just being a female player, playing with other girls, growing up, and yeah, you definitely gain different insights. So, so like, um, you know, I've learned that being, you know, coaching women at the college level, you, you get um, it, it, people ask me all the time, is it, is it, is it, 
different than coaching guys. Is it better? Is it worse? And the best thing I can tell them is that it's just different. It's not necessarily better or worse. It's just different. And uh, it's the same with same thing with the, on the coaching side. So yeah, if I, if I can, uh, I'll, I'll see what I can do as far as uh, <laughs> kind of pointing some coaches your direction. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, man. I appreciate it. Um, all right. That was uh, Keyshawn Cordier. Did I say that right? Keyshawn Cordier? Cordier. Yeah. All right. Cool. Uh, well, Keyshawn, I appreciate your time, man. And, and thank you for uh, thank you for coming on the show to talk to me. And, and uh, I will look for I will look for more information about Magnus FC. And then and just I'll keep an eye out for your name now that we're uh, now that we're connected. OK, thanks for having me. All right, Keyshawn. Thank you. All right. Thank you for listening to another episode of the 343 podcast. And a big thank you to our sponsor, Bounce Athletics. I also want to leave you with one note from one of our members of the 343 coaching education program. His name is Thomas, and he's been a member for quite a while. And this is what he had to say. If you want to play insanely good with your team and start to understand the possession and positional game, this will give you a head start. I have tried the material on three ordinary teams, and after a year, they totally dominate the local teams. After two years, they are among the best in the region. The program 343 offers is not a complicated curriculum. It's actually simpler than you might think. But instead of more, you have to go deep in every detail. Thomas, thank you so much for that beautiful review, and I hope that everybody else finds that valuable. If you want more information about the 343 Coaching Education Program, the program that helps support and fund this podcast, you can visit 343coaching.com. All right, we'll catch you guys next time here on the podcast. Thank you so much for listening.